This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, May 3rd, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. The choices that will keep the Tea Party movement cohesive and focused on cutting the size and scope of the federal government may not be obvious. And to rise above the designation of historical footnote, the Tea Partiers may have to embrace some new thinking about what limits government. John Samples, author of the new Cato book, The Struggle to Limit Government, explains. You would, you would maintain that the Tea Party coalition itself is one that is worth maintaining to the extent that it's a, a group that has dedicated itself to cutting the size and scope of the federal government. Well, I think uh, the great interesting thing about the Tea Party is that they have organized around that theme and have left behind some of the uh, other ideas that were certainly part of the uh, Republican Party and the Bush administration, particularly for the Republicans after 97. Um, and, you know, in terms of actually having an effect on politics, there is no other game in town. There is nobody else that I see that has uh, organized itself to have an effect on elections and policy that favors limited government. So to the extent that these people are working towards something uh, valuable, that is uh, reducing the size and scope of the federal government, Why? what advice would you have for them in terms of maintaining that coalition for over the long term? Well, the fr- they've already taken uh, some steps, I think, that um, are good ones toward that. One is that they have decided to focus on what they agree on, which is that the federal government is too big, federal spending seems to be out of control and needs to be brought under control, And they've decided to omit uh, things that they uh, might disagree about or that they might disagree about with most Americans, namely the sort of social conservative or the issues that we think of as highly divisive issues that have come to be highly divisive issues in American politics. So they're spontaneously, I think, doing something that was actually done by the 1994 group, too. It's uh, the contract with America in uh, 93 and 94 did not have uh, any reference to these issues, which were prevalent then, too, the the sort of questions of culture and so on. And that was done on purpose, to win an election and to govern. Tea Partiers are very skeptical of Democrats, perhaps a little less skeptical of Republicans? I think that's probably fair because some of the polling shows that a lot of their identification is with Republicans, but there's also a significant group that is uh, de- defines themselves as independent-leaning Republican. So I think that's true. But at the same time, what you don't see, as far as I can tell, is a, a strong uh complete enthusiasm for the Republican Party. There is a sense of having been let down in the, uh, in the Bush years. And, uh, well, you know, perhaps even a sense that partisanship got the better of everyone in that period. Uh, and that, I think, is to the good, because if, um, if it can be sustained, that sense of skepticism and keeping some distance from the Republican Party— uh, that will act as a way of disciplining uh, the GOP if it comes to power. Many of these groups appear on the radar 
uh, of American politics and then vanish. I heard some sort of flip comment on NPR that the Tea Party movement has now risen to the level of historical footnote. Uh, right. And that just, I thought that was well funny, but it, perhaps true, but uh, what... What gets them above that? I would say there are two great risks here. One is similar to that, which is that sustaining political movements outside of the two-party framework is quite difficult. So think about the movements that um, actually have appeared in our time. In 2006 and in 2008, it seemed that, and many people believe, that Barack Obama had created a political movement that he could, at a moment's notice, uh, bring uh, bear to pressure, bring pressure to bear on Congress. Uh, then in last year, when they tried to have meetings to get the agenda through, nobody showed up. Uh, think about the Reform Party of Ross Perot. I mean, Ross Perot, in some ways, is an amazing presidential candidate to be third party. He got 20% of the vote in 1992. Who now speaks of the Reform Party in American politics? Uh, and the same can be said of George Wallace, who got probably the, uh, a large percentage of the vote in 68 and so on. The groups that did, movements that did matter were the civil rights movement, which um, had a, you know, has sustained itself over time, but it also has a foundation in the party system and in the courts and so on. Uh, that would be, the first worry would be that the movement peters out because it's going to take a while to actually get control and to reduce the federal government. They have to find a way to sustain their movement uh, over time. The second thing would be the concerns that uh, the people who are in the Tea Party movement, yes, are against uh, large government, but their views about the largest part of big government, the entitlement programs, don't seem to be in sync with their general skepticism about government. That is, they polls suggest that many of them think that um, Social Security and Medicare are programs that have been worth the cost. Other polls suggest that not just Tea Partiers, but significant uh, percentages of the population would vote against a uh, candidate who wanted to reduce the uh, size and scope of these entitlement programs. Uh, that it would be a concern that ultimately the Tea Party movement will, as it were, be concretely for and abstractly against uh, the entitlements and government spending. There are also some counterintuitive ways that uh the size and scope of government can be limited that Tea Partiers may not uh, at first blush think are good ideas. And the example that you point to is the tax reform in 1986, where Democrats and President Reagan were able to work together to uh, do things that at first blush would not sound like something that would reduce government. Right. I, but I do think with something like uh getting rid of tax preferences. That is a way of, you have to look at it for a while and think that it's a way of uh, preventing the government from managing the economy, controlling it. But it also has the other side to it, which is uh, that uh, people think it's unfair that these preferences exist and that it would uh, re respond to, say, Main Street or to Middle America if you got rid of them. I think there's some potential there, but we should also be uh, clear. I mean, if you look back 
for some time, uh, when it, even when it was passed, uh, that uh, tax reform wasn't terribly popular. But it was something that both parties saw uh, as being good policy. And there's probably been enough creep back on that that uh, we could certainly have another round of tax reform. Tea Party years probably uh, will want to focus, I think, on federalism and a renewed federalism, uh, particularly because, uh, well, it's one way of limiting the federal government, but, and it brings all the reasons we have uh, uh, for valuing state governments in the federal system. It uh, brings governments governance closer to the people. Uh, it also allows people ways to control government since you can move if uh, you don't like the, the government you live in and so on. But I think there's an additional thing for Tea Partiers over the long term, which is that the kinds of questions about uh, culture and, and social conservatism uh, are going to persist, and they provide America with a way of dealing with those issues. If, if those issues are decided or fought out, fought out at the state and local level, uh, then we can have a uh, focus on what's truly national, the kinds of problems of uh, uh, fiscal troubles that we, we face and the size of government. And these other questions that we fought at the national level to no um, conclusion will really be taken up differently and different answers will be given. So a renewed federalism, I think, just really fits in the Tea Party uh, toolkit, and it'll be something that they will want to look at and will find very acceptable if they do. John Samples is director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government and author of The Struggle to Limit Government. You can watch John's new video, Advice to Tea Partiers, on YouTube or at our website, cato.org.